Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Meg. And we are two grieving girls. So Steph and I met in a Facebook group for surviving siblings after we both lost our brothers this past January. And through chatting, we realized that we had a lot to say about grief and death and everything surrounding it. And we thought that maybe some of you guys would be interested as well. So Steph, do you want to give a little bit of background on your story with Chris? And then I'll give some on mine. Oh, of course. So um, my brother was amazing. Um, He was 33 years old. He was about to be 34. Um, We were very close. He was very kind. Um, very funny and very generous. Um, he he just knew how to make people like smile and laugh and put him, other people first before himself. And um, he he had a lot of friends. He had so many friends more than me. Um, and I feel like you know the the really good funny sibling is gone, and you know I'm still here. Um, and so I lost my brother January. 2021 at home tragically he had died of a seizure um, and it happened when um, I was in my room and I heard a loud thud and the door was locked and I knew that something bad had happened because it was a very scary sound and I knew that um, you know something had broke and so I ran over and I said open the door open the door and you know so I'm like knocking really hard and you know he's not opening the door so I figured that something bad must have happened he might be having a seizure um and let me just you know give you a little um preface that he didn't have seizures before he was very healthy um you know no health issues at all growing up this just the seizures just um you know started happening later on um as an adult and um we'll get into that later but Anyway, so um, I came to the room and he was unable to unlock the door to let me in. And so I screamed for my mom to, you know, come over. And so she ran over and she unlocked the door, um, actually. So we both came in and we saw him seizing. um, And I helped him from his glass window because he knocked his head and he hit um, his back on the glass, like, closeted mirror. So I helped him, you know, helped him get to the floor and... Um, you know, helped wipe some of the blood on his back. And, um, and he looked like, you know, we thought that he was going to make it, you know, because he's, he's had like a couple of seizures, like, you know, as an adult, and um, he was able to be okay after that. So we really didn't think that this would be the last, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. And so my mom's just freaking out, and she's screaming, Oh, my God, my son, you know, I don't know what to do. And, Um, these type of situations, you're actually supposed to remain calm because, you know, their body is actually under distress and so is their uh, brain. So um, that was not a good idea to do. But, you know, it's a normal reaction because, you know, nobody wants to see that. And um, so we called 911 and the ambulance, they took a really long time to come, but they finally eventually came and um, they were assessing him and um, I w- he was able to be like a little bit conscious when he was um, done seizing, um, but it looks like he was not fully, um, fully like where like uh, registered to where he would have been, um, you know, cognitive and functioning. 
but he was able to like stand and breathe very heavily. And um, so the paramedics, they were assessing him and all of a sudden his, um, you know, it just looked like his something in his brain just, you know, gave out or something like a light just didn't click. And um, his eyes rolled back on his head. And um, I saw, um, you know, it looked like he he had you know, gone. And so the, the paramedics, they put the little, um, you know, incubator in his mouth, and they just start to try to um, pump the air into his um, body and his mouth. And um, they said that, you know, he needed to go to the hospital right away. And once they removed the oxygen thing from his mouth, I saw his lips turn blue. Um, and then I watched them take him to the hospital and I followed them. And I thought that, you know, I'm just going to follow them to the hospital and then I'm going to pick my brother up and it's going to be okay. And so that's what I did. I followed the ambulance with my car to the hospital and um, I waited outside because it is COVID and we're not supposed to um, go in with the um, ambulance in the hospital. And so I waited for a good five minutes and um, the doctor had actually said, um, I'm very sorry. I don't know what to tell you, but you know, he, he's not um, breathing. It's a flat line. And I said, no, no, like, please keep trying like that can't be. And so he ran back inside and, you know, they kept trying again. And then he said, there's nothing else that they can do and that he's sorry. And I just, I was in a state of shock. I was completely numb. You know, it just didn't register to me. I just felt like my whole world just shattered and it was numb and I fell to the floor and they said, you know, come inside to say goodbye to him. And I had to say goodbye to him by myself in there. And um, it was very hard and stressful. There was all these nurses and doctors. It was very chaotic. And I just couldn't believe it. And I told him that I loved him. I regret not telling him that I love him enough. But I know that he knows that I love him. Um, and um, I've been doing therapy. Um, and that's been really instrumental with my healing. But every day is a new challenge. Um, and Meg will even tell you that too, because she knows. Um, we actually have a lot of similarities, and I feel like we met by, by faith, really. Absolutely. I so I lost my brother on January twentieth, and it actually took until last week for them to get back to us and let us know that they felt that he had passed from a seizure as well. Um, his story is so super complicated that we'll go into that backstory next time. But um, when he first died and my sister-in-law called me, I told her that it was probably a seizure. And my brother was had had several seizures uh, in the last 10 years, but it's been a long time since he's had one and his biggest fear in the world was being home alone and having a seizure and something happening. So when he died, he was only 37 and it was a complete shock. And I just, it was like my world stopped. He was my only sibling, my baby brother. And I was at my daughter's basketball game the next night. So if you ask anyone that knew my brother, if you were to say his name, they would say, oh, he was awesome at basketball. And he was. He was amazing. He was an all-star basketball player. And my daughter, um, my oldest daughter, wears his basketball number and has since she was little. And that was like their connection. So 
she is probably one of the strongest people I've ever met. And she decided to play in her game the next day because that's what aunt would have wanted her to do. And I was sitting at the game and like I had a hat pulled down and my hoodie up, which probably bought more attention to me. I should have just went in normally, but like, I didn't really want to talk to people. And I was kind of like trolling through Facebook and I saw like a sibling support group and I joined it. And honestly, I think like an hour later, Steph, you had posted something. Yep. I posted. And I commented. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even remember how we started DMing. But then I remember you telling me that your brother had a seizure and he like the similarities were so insane. So my family is all about like teasing each other and sarcastic and pranks and and I legit thought that one of my kids was messing with me like I pulled them all into the room and I was like look this is not funny like I know one of you guys are messing with me and they were like mom like I swear to god it's it's not us it's not I'm like what are the chances that I would meet someone that has such a similar story and that can actually like understand exactly how I feel Absolutely. So uh, you were like a unicorn in our house for two days because <laughs> really, like, I totally for sure thought that they were messing with me. But it, um, it's been really nice to have someone that understands, like, totally 100% what you're going through and the stages of it. And I feel like people, I always read there's not a word for siblings that have lost. Yes. They and don't cover sibling loss enough. They really don't. It, it's definitely something that's glossed over. And now my dad died 17 years ago and I was a complete daddy's girl. I was 26 and pregnant when he died. And I was so upset and devastated. I had a toddler. I was pregnant with my daughter. And I thought that that was the worst thing in the world. Like I went this past 17 years thinking like, you know, that was the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to me until my brother died. And I don't even know how for someone who hasn't lost a sibling, it you have a sense of, at least I have a sense of being on my own now. I mean, it was yes. just Anne and I, but like that person that knows your whole history. They know all of your stories, all all your quirks, all crazy things about aunts and uncles and cousins. Like, I don't know if it happens to you. It happens to me a lot though. I'll think of something. Yeah, me too. And I I still go to text him and I'm like, ah, like I just said to my son that um, my grandpa loved the song Statue of a Fool. And it came on in the car the other day. And normally when that song would come on, my cousins and my brother and I, like, we would all text each other. So I don't talk to my cousins anymore, which is a story for another day. But I said to my son, I I told him the story. I said, you know, old pop-up loved the song. And we would always text each other. And I was like, wow, I have no one to text now. And he was silent for a minute. And then he was like, you can text me, mom. And then I burst into tears. I was like, here's my 19-year-old son, like, completely taking care of me. That is so sweet. It was the cutest thing. I'm like, you are such a sweetheart. So they have, my kids have been a great They They do. And my brother lived here 
until he got married. So my kids grew up with him always being here, always, I mean, basically being like their big brother. So it was definitely, and still is definitely choppy waters trying to figure out how to navigate that. My mom also lives with me. Um, so just trying to figure out how to keep my head above water. And hers and, too, right? Because, yeah, you know, yeah. That's and, hard and, as a parent losing your own child. Um, that's the most devastating loss and everyone's worst nightmare. So it's hard having to, you know, take care of yourself and your family and then your mom's grieving too. Yeah. So. And I, I didn't realize how much it affected my youngest. My youngest is nine. Um, so just like, I'll probably talk about my kids all the time because they're like my favorite thing in the world. But I have As you should. <laughs> yeah, I'm always bragging about my kids. If you look at my Instagram, it's legit all my kids. I have a 19-year-old son, a 16-year-old daughter, a 14-year-old daughter, and a 9-year-old daughter. So I, I was kind of like checking in with the older kids and stuff, but I, I really didn't say much to Kendall, the 9-year-old. You know, we talked, but I didn't get too deep. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I'm lying. She just turned 10 last week, but <laughs> she was nine. And the one day we were sitting in my living room and she turned and looked at me and said, he didn't even get to see me turn 10 and burst into tears. And I was like, holy crap. Like, what do I do? Like, I just had no idea how to respond to that. Yeah. And I absolutely. just wanted to cry with her and be like, I, I know, like, I, yeah. I get it. And there's nothing you can do to, you know, fix that. It's the hardest part. It, it is. I, and she's still, she's still a little, she was very, very, I don't want to say like clingy because that, like, I, I hate that word. I feel like. But she but was close she was to like, him. You know? and, no, but with me after yeah. he passed because oh. he literally went to sleep. Like my sister-in-law talked to my brother at 11 and then he went to sleep. And when she got home, he was sleeping and she went about her night. Like she, um, she is a physical therapist and lots of times brings her charts and everything home. So she was working and my brother hadn't been getting sleep and she just kind of was like, you know, he's like sleeping. So she went upstairs at 11 o'clock at night to like kind of be like all right I'm going to bed and she said when she looked at him he was laying face down and when she looked at him you know she thought that like he looked kind of weird and she rolled him over and at at that point she knew that he had passed and I I can't even imagine being her like she has been amazing and I I know the time is coming where she'll fall apart. And I, I hope that she trusts me enough to know that I'm here. But I, I can't imagine being her. I actually, so my daughter had a basketball game, actually the night he died, that it was a Wednesday night. And I didn't like the way the game went. And um, I doubt her coach would ever listen to this, but if he did, I was not happy with the coaching and I was like freaking out in a group text to my brother and my son. And normally my brother would right away being like a basketball, like enthusiast would be like right on it. And I thought it was weird that he wasn't watching because of COVID the games were being streamed. We couldn't go, 
So I was actually getting like angry. I was kind of like irritated that he wasn't answering me. And at the time, my son was in Alabama. He is was a freshman at University of Alabama. And um, no one was answering me. And I'm like freaking out. And I thought that it was weird, but I'm like, ah, maybe he just went to sleep. So I went to bed probably at like 10 o'clock. And at like 10 after, I was asleep on my couch. At 10 after 11, I heard my mom at the top of the steps. She didn't scream. She didn't yell. She just said, Megan, Anthony is dead. Like, so, and it's still so surreal because I sleep through everything. Like nothing wakes me up. My husband is such a sweetheart. He wakes up at 4 a.m. every morning to wake me up for work because he knows that I won't wake up. So I don't know how I jumped up to her saying that and was like completely alert and clear because normally you could drive a truck by me and you're not getting me. Um, (laughs) I'm like out for the count. But for some reason, I just sat right up and I was completely, I don't know, even looking back at it now, it's kind of like a dream. Like it doesn't seem real. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I know, you know, like you, you look back and it just, it plays out like stills in your mind of like how it, like we got in the car my brother lived about 15 minutes away. And I, I called my cousin who is like my sister. And I, I don't even know what I was saying to her. Like I, I was like blabbering and we got to my brother's house. And at that point the police were there and I immediately tried to go upstairs and I, the cop was about six, three and solid as could be. And he stopped me. And I, I looked at the steps and I looked back at him cause I'm thinking like, all right, should I make, like, should I make a break for it and like go up? And I was like, yeah, this, he's, I'm not getting by this guy. So I made him promise that when the medical examiner got there, that they would take me upstairs and they actually didn't. And I started having like a toddler hissy fit at the medical examiner. Almost, right? Because like, I, yeah. you want to be in there. You want to know. You know, I would be the same way too. Um, I was actually having a little bit of a fit when I was outside at the hospital. And they told me I couldn't go inside to be with him. Um, it was rough. Yeah, you, you want to be there. And not in this sense because like I was like out of my mind I had no idea what was happening but I am like I wanted to be a funeral director I unfortunately didn't figure it out until we were at a point where we had to put money away for my kids to go to college and still having a little one the schooling was eight to five Um, before COVID I worked at a funeral home and I loved it like I I don't know why I found peace doing that but I also have like a morbid, crazy sense of humor. Like I my brother it. and like my entire family makes fun of me. I read celebrity autopsy reports. I, I'm such a weirdo. And it was like a joke in my family. And I felt like even though he had passed, like he would want me there with him. Yeah, Absolutely. 
but it's also that connection too you know you guys um grew up together and you guys shared that childhood um together yeah like I I feel like and obviously you know having spouses your your spouse is your number one and your you know knows everything about you but I, I've been with my husband 23 years and I'm still coming across things. I'll be like, Oh, did I ever tell you? And I mean, my husband and I went on one date and he literally moved into my parents' house, like lived with us. So I had no choice of whether I was going <laughs> to marry him or not. Like wow. my mom decided that she loved him and he never went home. He owned his own home, a beautiful mm-hmm. townhouse. And he moved in with 20 year old me and my parents. So he had known my brother since he was a kid. Yeah. And, um, but you, your sibling knows everything from when you were little, just crazy little stories that, that you don't even think of until unfortunately it's too late. Yeah. It's like, they know like your past. And so when you lose your sibling, it's like, you're losing, you know, a part of your past because they know those stories and you can't go back and say, Oh, do you remember when this happened when we were, you know, so-and-so and, you can't really do that anymore because, you know, they can't validate that anymore with you. Yes. And I always, I always have an inappropriate like comment or thought or like, I I don't know. I'm just always, I I make fun of my husband constantly. Like we make fun of each other. Like my brother and I were always making fun of each other. I, I have a picture of him and he's sitting with Addison, who is my 14 year old. He's sitting on the couch with her. She is too. Neither one of them have a shirt on. And this was when my brother was like heavier. And he would always be like, oh, that's my fat picture. Why do you have that picture? (laughs) So I would just like, I keep it in the favorites of my pictures. And just randomly, like once a month or so, I would send him that picture. Now, my brother also had like terrible anxiety. So that's like awful of me that I did that. But I would mess with, not in a bad way, but I would mess with him. I'd be like, oh, look what I found. And he'd be like, you're such a bitch. I can't believe you still have that. But I do. I still have it still in my favorites because he would always. I think Addie has like a sweatband on her head. And she was like this little tiny redhead. And they were both eating a bowl of ice cream. I'll have to find the picture and post it to our Instagram because it's hilarious. With my brother, too. We actually used to uh, make fun of each other. He was very funny, too. Um, I mean, we like the dark stuff, too. Like we like morbid stuff. Um, it was kind of weird because, like, the other people in our family, they didn't really understand. But it was me, him, and my mom that really liked scary movies and um, horror, uh, you know, ghost hunting stories. We would actually watch it on YouTube and um, watch sci-fi movies and just ask each other, oh, have you seen this new movie? And now it's like, you know, we can't do that anymore. And it sucks. It does. I just started reading a book called Do Dead People Watch You Shower? So I'll have to tell you how it is. I just started it earlier today. Um, Years ago, and this is completely off topic, but it's kind of about death. Years ago, my husband and I were having a really bad fight, probably the worst fight we have ever had in our entire relationship. And I was, I'm always talking to my dad in my head. And now I I talk to my brother in my head all the time. But I was like, like, I need a sign that, you know, that I should stop fighting and, you know, like give up this battle. Cause I'm sure I was being ridiculous. My husband's the most easygoing person in the world. So I'm sure whatever the fight was, was my fault. But I looked up 
and I saw a person standing holding a piece of paper that said sign. So I recognized the person to be my husband's friend, Graham, who passed away right before I met him. And I was like, whoa, like that was like so weird. So I called Steve at work and I told him and he was like, Meg, you just gave me goosebumps because my uncle and I were just talking about this time at work where Graham, everyone worked for my in-laws at the local pizza place. So my father-in-law told Graham to stop talking. So for the rest of the afternoon, he wrote on pieces of paper and held it up. So at the moment that my husband and his uncle were talking about that story of Graham, I was asking, I don't know who, for a sign that I should stop fighting and looked up and just caught like a glimpse of Graham for a split second. So normally I wouldn't tell people that story because it makes you sound a little crazy pants. But I called my brother right away and was like, holy shit, I think I just saw a ghost. And he completely was like down with it because we were always like ghost hunting and, you know, (laughs) busted into like local places around us that were supposed to be haunted that you're not supposed to go in. Like we always did that stuff as kids. And I, I feel like no one, well, my husband and my kids tolerate me, but my brother got that crazy. (laughs) He got like that crazy sense of weird morbidness. Yeah. You guys have the same hobbies and interests. And he always wanted to see aliens. Oh, so, I love aliens. Oh, he, it, it was, I, one of my favorite pictures of him is holding an alien on the boardwalk stuffed toy that one of my kids must have won for him. But I said for sure, like, I don't know about you, but I have a top 10 list of things I want to know when I die. Like, I want to know who killed Natalie Wood and I want to know who killed John Bonet. Yes. And so I'm like, my brother's number one was if aliens were real. So I'm like, I just like envision him going to the other side and being like, nope, don't want to see you like dead relatives being there to greet him. And being (laughs) like, nope, nope. Like, like, let me see the aliens. I came here for the aliens. Yes. Just recently. I don't know if you saw it. My mom printed it out and bought it home for me. An article about the government admitting to aliens. And I was like, oh he'd be losing his mind right now like yeah I actually saw that that one was interesting yes I printed well my mom printed it for me and I took it to I'm very fortunate the cemetery that my sister-in-law picked that he's buried in is right by my house and on the way to my kids school so I pass it about four or five times a day so I always stop once a day and I think at first the people in the cemetery probably thought I was crazy because I was always standing there crying. I'm a little better now, but they still probably think that I'm crazy going there every day. But it's hard not to stop because I'm driving right by. And I I feel like even if I want to get home, I feel like I can't drive by it without stopping because it's right there. Yeah. It's funny because um, I actually live really close to the um, the cemetery where we had my brother's funeral as well. Um, and so every time I drive by, I feel like I'm passing by him like a little bit or his spirit. And yeah, I feel like I've been getting a lot of signs from him, too. Like he's just been sending me a lot of things and seeing things that um, I feel like he sends me messages sometimes. Like I'll see, um, you know, somebody wearing a 
a Broncos, um, Denver Broncos shirt, and he loved the Denver Broncos. And it's funny because um, we live in Orange County, California, and you know, you don't really see that many people uh, sporting Denver Broncos. Yeah. We're from California. So he was pretty unique and he loved that, um, th- that team. And he sported it no matter what. And it was like he would wear the orange obnoxious like beanie and, um, you know, the jersey all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was cute. Um, and so I'll see those things all the time or I'll see like an orange butterfly just like fly randomly right by my car and I'm looking around I'm seeing like there's no butterflies anywhere else why is it on my car only and I feel like you know it's him isn't it I definitely feel a lot of signs from my brother more signs from my brother than I think I've gotten from my dad so here's a creepy morbid story for you that my dad was a basketball coach our whole life. That was why, like, we were, like, a basketball family. And, um, I mean, not really me. I played AAU, but I really didn't have any talent. I could only foul people. Like, I sucked at basketball. It, that gene, like, skipped me. But um, <laughs> I hey, at least a, you made the team. You yeah, the yeah. Team. I think I probably only made the team because it was my dad's friend. But um, I had posted a picture of me and my dad at during that game and was like, oh, I wish, I don't know if I said, I wish I could talk to you right now or something like I need you to send me, like I'm always asking my dad for signs. So I said something about sending me a sign. Obviously I didn't mean for him to take my brother, but afterwards people commented to me, oh, I saw your post about a sign from your dad and wondered what was going on. And I was like, ironically, I didn't, I mean, my brother at that point had already passed, but I didn't know until two hours after I posted that picture. I'm like, Mm -hmm. so that just happened to be like, I remember thinking like, F you dad, like that wasn't the sign I was looking for. Like I, I, like I was looking for a butterfly or (laughs) something like that. So I was super angry with my dad, which probably doesn't sound rational, but for a good couple days, I was like on the dad hate train. I've since gotten over it and forgiven him. Still a little like weird, but signs, I do feel like there are signs everywhere. And some people don't believe in them at all. I heavily believe in them and see them all the time. I am a firm believer of signs. I actually have a really um, kind of eerie, like, it's not eerie, but it's kind of like hard to believe story, but it's real. Um, I am super into astrology and horoscopes. um, And so was my brother. So I was uh, randomly on YouTube, um, watching this YouTube video about um, Scorpio and Taurus compatibility. And um, so I was watching the video and it was a great video. And I like to read the comments on YouTube videos too. So I was scrolling down and I saw that he commented on the video and I was just in complete tears. Like, out of all of the hundreds and millions of videos on YouTube, and I come across the one video that I watched and my brother had commented and he watched. That is so crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely a sign. Yeah. Wow. And at the time, I was going through a breakup um, with an ex-boyfriend and my my brother didn't like him. Um, he, he had voiced his opinions about him because he used to be friends with him um, growing up in high school. Um, and he, he, I will keep his identity anonymous. <laughs> I don't think he'll listen, but, you know, 
Um, but my brother just had his, um, you know, his opinions about him and he, he is a good guy, but you know, my brother, he has his point and I, I do agree with what he said, you know, we're not all perfect humans. I'm not perfect either. Um, and so after like, you know, going out with him and seeing him and, um, we just, we fell apart, uh, randomly and I didn't think that we would fall apart. And then after falling apart, it felt like my brother was telling me like, you know, like, I don't want you to be with him kind of. And then I came across the video and I was like, I think, you know, he doesn't want me to be with him. Um, my mom even said that um, he told her that he didn't want me to be with him either. My mom, you know, he's not going to, um, you know, take her seriously. He's not going to marry her. Um, he's not going to want to have kids, such and such. And um, so that way um, I, it was a little bit hard to believe, but it, it is true. Um, and then I, uh, I met somebody else and, um, now I am very happy. Um, and this is the happiest I've ever been. So it really feels like it's a sign. Mm -hmm. It feels like brother led me to somebody that, um, really is caring, sweet, funny, and really showing me how to be a, a better person and how to, um, appreciate life. He definitely did. For sure. How many years older was he? Uh, my brother? Yes, he uh, than you. Let's see. I have to count. <laughs> uh, um, just about like uh five or six years. Okay. So, so I'm like four and a half years older than my brother. So uh, he's definitely very close. Yeah. Our similarities are, are crazy. We're going to have to have a whole episode on our similarities and our signs. But so hopefully anyone that is listening understands our morbid, crazy um, talk on grief or would like to talk about grief or would have any comments you can email us at the number two grieving girls at gmail.com. And hopefully by next time we have an Instagram up and running. I'm going to work on that tonight for sure. Yay. And we will be back soon with our next episode. And maybe we should go over the stages of grief in that one for anyone that doesn't know them. Yes. And if anybody has any questions, please, um, you know, feel free to ask us any other questions and we can um, cover that information in another episode. Absolutely. And even tell your stories. We would love to hear your stories. And well, it was great chatting with you, Steph. And hopefully we will be up and running by the end of the night. Yes, we will. It was All great right. chatting with you, too. Thank you so much. All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, bye. guys. Thank you.